Okay, ready? <laughs> Go. Hi, and welcome to JEK Radio. Today we're going to be reading from The Daughters by Joanna Philbin. They didn't ask for fame. They were born with it. To my parents for everything. We, the daughters, have formed the following rules and guidelines for optimum happiness and drama-free living. Rule number one. Never Never read tabloids or surf the celebrity gossip sites. But if you have to, try not to look at the stuff about your parents. Rule number two. All friends are good, but only another daughter knows what your life is really like. Bond with as many as possible. Three, friends are always more important than guys. Always. That was too fast. (laughs) Rule number four. Be nice to everyone. And if people still say you're conceited, screw them. No, I'm just kidding. Then let just let go. Rule number five. If you need to discuss parental drama, only do so with another daughter. See rule number two. Rule number six. Never talk to the press about your parents, especially when they're hanging out in front of your house and yelling at you to say stuff. Mm, that's deep. <laughs> I think that's something we can all relate to. Rule number seven. Always date a guy <laughs> at least a month before taking him to a red carpet event. Same goes for taking him on your plane, bringing him on tour. ETC. Rule number eight. If you see a daughter being criticized in a blog, always write a post sticking up for her, even if you don't know her. Mm. Nine. When meeting new people, only give them one name, your first one. Oh, snap. (laughs) Rule number ten. And last. These are like the Ten Commandments, but of rich people. You are not your parents, and your parents aren't you, no matter how well-known or mortifying they are. Chapter one. Should we stop it (laughs) and then start reading? No. No, never. Okay. (laughs) This is real life. This is happening. This is going to be a funny podcast. Thank you very much. I don't know. Katia. Katia! Over here! Over here! (laughs) Lizzie Summers stood where she usually did when she was out with her mother, off to the side, hidden in the crowd, safely out of the frame, and watched the world's most famous supermodel drive of the paparazzi crazy. Katia! Over here! With her shoulders thrown back, her back slightly arched, and one manicured hand placed jauntily on her hip, Lizzie's mother pivoted left and right, her multi-million dollar smile so bright it could blind people. Today it was the even it was even brighter than usual because Plenty Magazine had decided to kick off Fall Fashion Week with a luncheon in her honor. But like most Fashion Week events, there were about 15 minutes of frantic picture taking before anything really got started. Oh my god, Katia! Someone yelled. You're beautiful! Someone screamed. Lizzie looked out of the window at the Mandarin Oriental's private dining room, down to the green domes of trees in Central Park and beyond, at the elegant and crowded skyline of Fifth Avenue and Side. Um, yeah, she thought. She's beautiful. Understatement of the century. Her mother, Cadia Summers, wasn't just beautiful. One fashion designer... 
Castellano. Gaultier? Lizzie couldn't remember. Had called Cadia. Walking proof of God. And if her mother's 20... 20-year career as a supermodel was any indication. Mm. Everyone else thought so, too. As Connelina's only child, Lizzie has logged more than, more hours. Katia's only child. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> logged more hours of her life looking at her mother in person than just about anyone. And even... She had to agree. Her mom was seriously jaw-dropping. It's that humanly possible gorgeous, day or night, made up or fresh-faced, bedhead or updo. No matter how few hours of sleep she had or how annoyed Lizzie was with her, Catalina Summers was never not breathtaking. And if beauty was the real sum of people's parts, then each of Catalina's parts were almost perfect. There were the eyes that famously changed color from turquoise to green to exotic indigo purple, depending on her mood. The gradual cheekbones. The what? <laughs> I don't know. The, the glacial. I couldn't read it. Oh. Glacial cheekbones that made her the lower half of her face as perfect, a perfect V. Her natural pillowy lips and the trademark pout caused by a small overbite of her parents that never fixed. Okay, can I just say that I thought you said gratty chew? <laughs> I thought you said gratty chew cheekbones. I well, like, I couldn't what? read it because of the lighting. <laughs> <laughs> okay, back to the book. No, you stood there. There was the thick, extension, free blonde hair that fell in waves to the middle of her back and her lean but voluptuous body. Yes, Lizzie would think as she looked at her mom across the breakfast table or in the elevator. Perfect. Katia was so perfect that at 37, when most other models had already hung up their Manolos. Manolos? Manolos. 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 <laughs> she was, was still. Yeah, I know, right? She was still in peak demand. She stared in the ad campaigns of at least <laughs> one A-list designer each season. <laughs> Did? Oh, sorry, not stared. Sorry, star. <laughs> Starred. Shut up! Don't judge me. I never read. <laughs> Starred in the ad campaigns. Campaigns of at least one A-list designer each season did spreads in the biggest issues of Harper's Bazaar, W, and every country's edition of Vogue served as the face of Ned Cosmetics. And <laughs> once a year graced the cover of GQ. No, it's Ned. Grace. <laughs> The cover of GQ or details covered by nothing but a macrame macrame bikini bottom oh and her own strategically placed hands luscious and now she was about to make the career leap that only a precious few supermodels could even attempt let alone pull off 
she would go from supermodel to super model. <laughs> I don't understand that, but okay. Her mom and a model matched together. Um, that's dumb. <laughs> clothes, <laughs> clothes, perfume, housewares, Cardio would just Catalia. <laughs> Cardio would design it all. Cardia Coquette. Cat Coquette. <laughs> A French inspired read extra sexy. <laughs> A French inspired lingerie line was just the beginning. And from the side of the press clamoring to take her photo, and the fashionistas watching Katia with approval. Katia. <laughs> Katia. Sorry, Katia. <laughs> Coquette. Coquit. <laughs> Coquette. <laughs> Cat Coquit. Cat Coquette. <laughs> Looked like it was going to be a huge hit. <laughs> Checking her watch, Lizzie walked over to the open bar. It was already past noon, and she told her best friends, Karina and Hudson, that she'd meet them by one. School started tomorrow, which meant that today they would grab something from Pinkberry Stroll through the West Village and catch up on their summers, their last day of summer ritual. Since nursery school, Hudson and Karina had been her best friends. Lizzie thought of them as the Brita filters for her life. If something happened to her, good or bad, she passed it through them, and when it came out the other side, she would almost always feel better. Lizzie thought it was because the three of them had one huge thing in common. They each knew what it was like to have a life divided up into two parts, public and private. They'd even made up their own rules for how to deal with it. And go! She... Excuse Matthew. me, Matthew. Oh my gosh. <laughs> she leaned on the edge of the bar and slipped one throbbing foot out of her mother's four-inch Christian Le Boot Gold toe peeper toes. Oh, <laughs> Peep toes. Wow. I'm sorry, guys. Yay. <laughs> yeah. She knew that these shoes were supposedly the best shoes in the world but they pinched her feet and crunched her toes. She much preferred her thick-soled, extremely comfortable $95 Stephen Mack. <laughs> Excuse me, that was the book you threw at? Please stop. How dare you? <laughs> but Kat has vetoed them for these kinds of events. Ah, she said. Stretching her toes, nearby a bartender sliced lemons on a cutting board. Feet hurt? He asked. He looked like he was uh, was in his early 20s and had one of those little patches of hair on his chin. I don't know how people wear these things, she said. The bartender nodded, but his gaze traveled over to where Cat- um, Catalina was surrounded by cameras. She's gorgeous. He said, almost slicing off a finger. She's even hotter in person. Lizzie looked over at her mom, still posing. She couldn't resist. That's my mom, she said. The bartender's mouth opened and as he looked back. That's your mom? He asked in disbelief. Izzy smiled. Nobody ever believed her. Izzy? 
Lizzie? Izzy? Did you say Izzy, Izzy smile? I think, I think Lizzie. I said Izzy. Lizzie. <laughs> Lizzie smiled. No one ever believed her. Yep, she said. Really? The bartender asked. It's just that you guys don't really look anything. Before he could finish his sentence, Lizzie heard her mother's voice call, calling from across the room. Lizzie, honey, come take a picture. Lizzie. Lizzie. Lizzie turned around. Her mother was waving one of one golden, perfectly toned arms in what looked uh, to be in her direction. Come on! Catalina yelled. Take a picture! Here we go again, Lizzie thought. Every time she went to an official function. Official function? Mm-hmm. Okay. Really I think so. Official? Yeah. Official right. function? Official function. Official function. Official function. <laughs> I would love to go on one of those. With her mom, she wound up getting roped into a photo section. <laughs> session. Session. I can't, session. I can't speak words properly. I'm sorry. Okay, I can't vocabularize. <laughs> what is vocabularizing? <laughs> Couldn't Catalina have mercy on her just once? Come on, Lizzie. Catalina mouthed over. Katia. Katia. I'm just going to call her Cat from now. Cat <laughs> mouthed over in the din of the clicking cameras. Mm. Just a couple. The crowd of skinny, pale fashion editors craned their necks to get a look at Lizzie. There was no getting out of this. She slipped her foot back into the shoe and hobbled over to her mom, wishing that her father, Bernard, <laughs> Bernard, <laughs> Bernard, could have, Bernard. <laughs> could have been a cat's day to this instead. But somehow he always seems to be on the deadline for his column for the New York Times. It was kind of annoying. Okay, someone else is reading. I'm reading now. Okay. You might want to when she read, oh yes, yes. When she reached her, Katia draped her slender arm around Lizzie's waist and pulled her in tight. My daughter, she announced to the crowd. Sorry. <laughs> Lizzie faced the collection of black, vacant camera lenses in front of her. For a long few seconds, nothing happened. Finally, there was one weak flash. Then another. Then another. And then... Can we just have a few more with you, Katia? Someone yelled. Just you? Yes. Yes, (laughs) Katia. Just you. Hey, Mom. Oh, Hey, Mom. Lizzie whispered into her mother's ear. Can I go meet my friends now? Never. I'm just kidding. Anyways, Katia squeezed Lizzie's waist and removed her arm. Of course. She whispered. Congratulations. Lizzie whispered back. Her mom patted her on the back and turned back to the cameras. Lizzie was free. As she... she... (laughs) Go ahead. (laughs) As she walked out of the room, she felt her shoulders relax and her breath come back. Being at these kind of things always made her tense. In a few minutes, she'd been on the subway, hurtling downtown toward her friends, and she could forget all of this. But the same question gnawed at her, for what was was probably the billionth time as her heels clicked on the smooth marble floor of the hotel lobby and mortification of the photo op slowly wore off. Did her mom really not know what her own daughter looked like? 
There was time when the paparazzi had wanted to take Lizzie's picture, back when she and her mother had been the sexy supermodel and her adorable kid. When Lizzie was little, the photographers had followed her and her mom everywhere, to nursery school, to the park, to the FAO, Schwarz? FAO, Schwarz. But then Lizzie got older, and Lizzie changed from the adorable kid to the awkward teenager, while Katia stayed the sexy supermodel. Actually, Awkward was putting it kindly. She was different, unusual, odd. Or, as Hudson and Karina like to put it, striking. Does it look like she's still here? Okay, well, she's not here anymore. Ruined! We all ruined. It's fine. Okay, anyways, um, where am I? Oh. Right before Uma Thurman. Like what Uma Thurman probably looked like until she got pretty. Hudson would say. But Uma Thurman didn't have hazel eyes that were so enormous they seemed to bug out of her face, or a long, meandering nose that faked left and went right, or straight, thick eyebrows that were as flat and furry as the Sesame Street's characters, even when they plucked. And Uma Thurman certainly didn't have bright, curly red hair that was a texture of a brillo and turned into a bush any time the temperature went above 80 degrees. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Uma Thurman, if you ever read this. <laughs> oh gosh, where hey, are we? Is that the lady's name? The yeah, Uma Thurman. No, that's oh. a actor. Oh, oh. Yeah. Right. And most importantly, Uma Thurman had not been expected to be beautiful. Whoever expected the daughters of a... Buddhism. Buddhism professor to turn into a Hollywood actress? But the only daughter of Kat Summers, otherwise known as the walking proof of God was expected to be at least cute. And that wasn't quite what happened. Lizzie liked to think that her weird looks meant she could avoid the paparazzi. If she were out with her mom, they could got and they got surrounded coming out. Excuse me, child in the background. Gosh, where was I? Coming out, oh, coming out of the cafe or Starbucks. Clearly, she'd have. Starbucks. <laughs> Clearly, she would could stay on the sidelines, and none of the photographers would mind. But that wasn't how Catalina saw it. <laughs> Every chance she got, she wanted Lizzie in the photo. Lizzie figured that it would either be oblivious to the fact she had weird-looking children. Or trying to prove a point. But how could a supermodel think that looks doesn't matter? As she walked down to the stifling. stifling heat of the subway station, Lizzie decided that maybe her mom was just oblivious, which was worse. Oh, yes. Much worse. <laughs> Lizzie swiped her Metro card into the turnstile and dashed down the steps to the waiting train. As the door closed, she found a seat and pulled the great Gatsby from her bag. She wanted to finish it before tomorrow, even though Gatsby was summer reading for the 10th grade, not the 9th, at the Chadwick School. Wow, she's really smart. <laughs> but her taste in books had always been a little advanced. She <laughs> She learned to read at 
<laughs> Three. <laughs> Tackled the first two Harry Potter's books by six. Wow. She's a genius. <laughs> a begun write and begun. A begun. And begun writing stories at eight. She'd been writing ever since. And this summer, she'd attended the exclusive Barnstable Writers Workshop out on Cape Cod for six weeks. There, a writer had kept talking about Fitzgerald, and Lizzie had been embarrassed that she'd never read him before. Now, she didn't want the book to end. There were paragraphs that were so beautiful that she read them over and over. One day, she hoped she would be able to write a quarter as good as Fitzgerald, or maybe a tenth. At Blacker Street, she got off the subway and limped up the steps to the sidewalk. Her aching feet wobbled in the Louboutins, and it <laughs> was all she could do not to fall on her face as she walked past sienna-colored brownstones with flower boxes in the windows, <clears throat> with flower boxes in the windows and plate glass storefronts of bakeries and coffee shops. She loved the West Village. It always reminded her of an earlier New York, New York, when the city was filled with artists and writers, and before that, horses and carriages. Now the streets were dotted with fancy clothing boutiques and sushi joints and filled with New York University students back from summer break, carrying shopping bags from Bed Bath & Beyond. One day, when she was a famous writer, she'd live down here, she thought, just as she turned the corner and saw the blue and green facade of the promised land, otherwise known as Pinkberry. She threw the glass door open and rushed inside toward the table in the corner where two girls, one petite and blonde, one taller and black-haired, sat waiting for her. Eleven. Shrieked one of the blonde. Shrieked the blonde as she leaped out of her chair. What in the world is Karina? that? Karina. Jerseman. Jurgensen. Karina Jurgensen. Threw her tan arms over Lizzie. As if she didn't see her in years. Hadn't. Seen hadn't her. seen her. Well, <laughs> excuse me, kind sir. It's okay. I oh my gosh, her. hi. She said, jumping up and down on the, her flip flops as her, for a second, I thought that said blood. Her blood, <laughs> pon her blood ponytail, her blonde ponytail, I should say, swung back and forth. I missed you. Liz Butt. Liz Butt. That's an unfortunate nickname. I missed you too, C. She said, returning Karina's. Karina's, thank you. Front right. hug as the best she could. And you're so tan. And you're, you're so tall. <laughs> she said admiringly, letting her go. I am not pronouncing Sorry. that name again. <laughs> Go ahead, Karina Pretty soon, I'm gonna feel like a midget around you. I swear. Her cocoa brown eyes were wide and electrically alive. Oh, wow. <laughs> Sometimes Lizzie thought Karina was more alive than anyone she's ever met. Go ahead. <laughs> oh my gosh, that dress is to die for, oh. said Lizzie. F Lizzie's oh, other Lizzie's other best friend Hudson. Hudson Jones as she stood up and hugged her too 
wavy black curls formed her heart-shaped face, and her green eyes sparkled. Is that Margiela? <laughs> she asked in her soft, gentle voice, looking at Lizzie's dress. That wasn't soft or gentle. Margiela. It's my mom's, and it barely fits. Then have some pink berry. Karina said as oh, wait, they sat. Am I reading that? Yes. Karina said oh. as they sat down. Oh no, I meant. She pushed a tub of pomegranate it's yogurt with mochi, mochi, with mochi, with mochi. We're gonna go with mochi across Here, the table. Here, I got your favorite. Karina Jurgensen had lived her entire life in New York, but at first glance, she looked like a surfer girl from the North Shore of Ahu. Calabunga, dudes. Oahu. 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 That's Oahu. right. Oahu. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, people. Petite. <laughs> yes. Petite, but athletic. With sun-streaked hair that never faded and a sprinkling of freckles on her button nose, Karina actually did surf and snowboard and climb mountains and anything else that would allow her to be outdoors. She was fearless. Ever since they'd been little, Karina had been the first of them to do anything scary. Whether it was rollerblading straight down a hill in Central Park on a crowded Sunday, or flirting with the guys at St. Brendan's <laughs> because he was unable to sit still. She was unable to sit still for longer than a few minutes. <laughs> Karina didn't like to spend a lot of time in front of the mirror. She was too sexy for that. And she was so pretty she didn't need to. Her favorite season was summer. And her favorite, su- of course it's summer. Yes, and her favorite summer look was what she wore today. Shorts, a t-shirt with cut-off sleeves, a can- and camouflage patterned flip-flops. Guys tended to find Karina Jurgensen completely adorable, though she usually didn't notice. Wow, I really am Karina. Yeah, <laughs> I are, honestly. I so need this. Lizzie said, digging into her yogurt. It's a gazillion degrees outside. Yeah, but Hudson's still cold. Karina joked, nodding at their friend. No, I'm not. Hudson argued, pulling her deconstructed fringed wrap closer. Fringed? Yeah. Yeah, Wrap closer around herself. I'm just being sun savvy. If Karina... Never mind, go ahead. (laughs) If Karina was the beach blonde surfer girl, then Hudson Jones was the sophisticated urban hippie chick. Oh, yeah. She was beautiful, with French toast-colored skin and dazzling green eyes, courtesy of her mom's Afro-Caribbean heritage and her dad's French-Irish background. And she had the slender build and perfect posture of a girl who'd studied dance all of her life. Hudson was also incredibly stylish. Under her wrap, she wore a silk coral-colored tunic dotted with sequins, gladiator sandals with crisscross straps that traveled up to her knees, gigantic silver hoops, and a -a one-of-a-kind multicolored woven bag that she'd picked up in Buenos Aires. On Hudson, it all managed to look perfect. How was your mom's thing? Hudson asked, taking a small bite of her green tea yogurt with blueberries. Hudson was always going for the healthy option. Good, but she wrote me into a photo op again. When is she going to get that nobody, nobody wants to take <laughs> my picture? Lizzie, stop. Stop. 
Stop. Hudson said in a cautious voice. Lizzie's looks were well-covered territory among the three of them, and she knew that her friends were tired of talking about it. No. You guys know I don't care. I just wish she saw it. Lizzie said. Anyway, Karina, how was Outward Bound? So, so, so incredible, Karina said, shaking her head as she wolfed down her yogurt. Colorado is like the most beautiful, perfect place on earth, but I didn't take a shower for almost a month. You guys should have seen me. I was covered in dirt. It was awesome. That's sexy. <laughs> What'd your dad say when he saw you covered in dirt? Hudson asked. Karina grinned. That's that I wasted a summer. What do you think? Karina's father, Carl Jurgensen, Jurgensen was a workaholic. Anyway. Yeah. Yes way. <laughs> he was also one of the richest men in the world. Metronome. Metronome Media. His empire of a fat, glossy lifestyle and fashion magazines, newspaper, cable news channels, and social social networking sites spanned continents and employed thousands of people. He was building what he hoped would be the biggest steamed entertainment site in the world, with every television series, reality show, or movie available on one user-friendly website. Carl had so much money that he would become one of the country's biggest thranthropists. <laughs> <laughs> Right there. Philanthropist. 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 Philanthropist people. This is one of your guys' vocabulary words. Oh, yeah. Donating millions to fight poverty and world hunger. Whoa. With his charismatic personality and dashing looks, Carl was one of the most eligible bachelors in New York, if not the world. He divorced Katharina's mother when Katharina was in fifth grade, and since then, Katharina had lived alone with him in a penthouse on the 57th Street. Ahem. Most of the time, the two of them managed to get along, but Carl's impatience with his free-spirited daughter could set off a violent explosion between the two of them. And by the end of the school year, <laughs> Karina and the jerk, as she called her father. <laughs> the jerk. And her dad, this poor rich girl, she's so tortured. Usually weren't survive. speaking, which was why she spent her every summer as far from him in New York as possible. Climbing mountains in Colorado and learning how to scuba dive. How was, how your, was, dad's party how was your dad's party this year? Hudson asked. Karina shrugged. Pretty good, I guess, she said. He thinks he's raised two million. Every year around. <laughs> I love how she's just like talking about two million dollars like it's nothing. Like, uh, this is every day. It's every day he makes two million, guys. <laughs> every year around Labor Day. Sorry, I have to get back in my reading voice. <laughs> Carl or the Jerk turned his Montauk estate into an amusement park to raise money for charity. Or so they thought. 
<laughs> there were roller coasters, spinning teacups, fireworks, displays. Yes, that. Fireworks displays. And even an underwater submarine ride in one of his lakes. A ticket to Jergens Land cost a thousand dollars, and a dinner table for the ball at the end of the evening cost ten thousand. And how was the end of the tour? Lizzie asked Hudson. Crazy. Crazy. <laughs> Hudson sighed. Thirty cities and forty-five days. I don't know how my mom does it, but the ninth day I was exhausted. Any holla drama? Karina asked, getting right to the point. Hudson rolled her eyes. Gosh. There was this guy from Rolling Stones on tour with us, doing the usual article on Holla Jones and her unstoppable career. Yeah. Oh, oh, no, it's a continuum of quote. Okay, I lost this. And he asked me how old my mom was, and I was so jet-lagged. I told him the truth. 37. And when it got back to my mom, she freaked out. As if three extra years were that big of a deal. Hudson stood up and placed her half-empty carton into the trash can. Moral of the story, don't ever talk to the press, even when they're, like, living with you day and night. Hudson's mother, Holla Jones, was a pop star, and now it's Eden's turn. <laughs> Thanks, James. You're welcome. Her multi-octave voice and radio-friendly hits had made her a star at 19, and now she was an icon. Year after year, through a combination of touring, cutting-edge album production, and an iron will, she reached the top of the Billboard charts. But the iron will had lately become a problem. It related to everything. Her daily three-hour workouts with the personal trainer, her strictly organic vegetarian diet, and her relationships, which were usually over before they began. Hudson's dad was a case in point. He'd been a backup dancer on one of Hala's first tours and then promptly disappeared the moment the tour ended, scared off by Hala's fearsome discipline. Hudson and Hollabon was fierce, almost sisterly, and Lizzie often admired them, but it also made her a little nervous. Hudson had a inter- inherited inherit I'm sorry, I'm like so tired today. Inherited her mother's voice, her looks, her presence, and how and now was about to record her own album. But here in Holla was all fast beats, flashy costumes, and high-energy pop, Hudson was soulful, slow, and smoky torch. Unfortunately, Hala wasn't also aware of this distraction. Any cute dancers? Corinna asked as if, as, as they walked out into the street. Uh, no. Hudson said. They were all on the other team. Too bad. Corinna said, making a beeline for the jewelry stand set on the street. I was too stinky to even think of hooking up with anyone on that mountain, even though this one guy was really hot. She said, holding up a pair of dangly dangly coin earrings to her ears. What do you guys think? Cheap or cool? Cheap. Lizzie said. And do you even need them? Said Hudson. 
whatever they're 10 bucks Corinna said producing a bill from a back pocket of her shorts and handing it to the man in the Rastafarian Rastafarian cap cap behind the table despite her granola tendencies tendencies, Corinna liked to spend money and her dad gave her plenty speaking of hot guys (laughs) Hudson murmured staring at some something up the street look at him Lizzie turned and followed Hudson's gaze, walking out of the southern end of Washington Square Park. Fists in his po- um, in the pockets of his jeans, white iPod wires trailing from his ears, was a very hot guy. Mm. And alarmingly hot guys. An alarmingly hot guy. He, he was so hot, there was two of them. <laughs> he was so cute that Lizzie could only look at, at him in small, bite-sized glimpses. Large blue eyes, chiseled face, straight brown hair that was a little saggy over the forehead, full pink lips. Wow. Corinna mumbled. Now that is a hot college guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, Lizzie. Shut up. But Lizzie could tell he was younger than that. And then she realized there was some... He was 12. (laughs) (laughs) That's a little young. Then she realized she was 12. Then then she realized there was something familiar about his walk. It was a... No. I'm sorry. Would you like to continue this, mister? Never. (laughs) <laughs> My apologies to the audience. Never. No. We are so sorry for James. No, and continue. It was a loping, oh. easy, easy stride as if he was totally in his own world and in absolutely no hurry. Mm. Oh my god. No, that's not her voice. That's. Oh my god. She's like, Oh my gosh. Lizzie said um, said when it hit her. That's Todd Piedmont. What? Corinna asked, awestruck. The guy from your building? Didn't he move to London? Hudson asked. Like three years ago? (laughs) Maybe he's back for a visit. Lizzie replied. Is that what happens when people move to London? Corinna wondered. They become total hotties? Go say hi. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Hudson grabbed Lizzie's arm and gave her a nudge. Yeah. Corinne on a um, second. Before he gets back on a plane and never comes back. Wait, by myself? I'm so confused. Oh, oh wait, okay. no, that's Lizzie. Wait, by myself? You guys were BFF. <laughs> Hudson pointed out. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> when we were sucks. Oh my goodness. Six. Okay, now when we were sucks. I meant to say thick. I said we thick. We you know. Like okay. Typical white girl. As she watched her older na- old neighbor <laughs> reach the curb, she tried to wrap her brain around the fact that this what? was the same boy she'd bossed around, played with, and once made cry. But whoever it was, she was just happy to be wearing a pretty tr- just, okay, a pretty dress and peep toe heels. <laughs> Even if they did kill her feet. It must be so hard being a 
As two kids the same age, living three floors apart, she and Todd Piedmont had trick-or-treated together, sledded in Central Park, sledded. ran around the... Sledded? says sledded. Sledded? Yeah. Oh, I thought you said sledded. No, sledded. Sledded <laughs> <laughs> around the building. Continue. Sledded in Central Park. There's two drag queens down the street. Ran around the lobby <laughs> on rainy days or just rode the elevators for hours, pushing buttons for their tolerant neighbors. Todd's parents, Jack and Julie, were almost as glamorous as her parents. Yeah. Jack was the head of an investment bank and did triathlons on the weekends and had a rugged self-confidence that oh, yeah. made women giggly mm -hmm. and other men very quiet. Uh. <laughs> Julia was elegant, dark-haired beauty who worked as a contributing editor at Vogue. They seemed completely in love. Yes. Yes, queen. Yeah. <laughs> yes, queen. But Todd could be a little moody. Sometimes he'd disappear into his room with a book for hours, even when Lizzie was in his house. He is the opposite of me. I would never read a book for hours. <laughs> Not for fun, anyways. Not for fun. He could also get his feelings hurt easily. Like when Lizzie poured his favorite kind of grape juice down the garbage disposal no. and he burst into tears. No. It didn't help that she was at least a half foot taller than him. No. Aww. Poor little boy. Yeah. his grape juice. I know. I wasn't even allowed to have grape juice growing up. You weren't? We were too poor to buy it. Dang it. We had to mix like grape juice and water. What? <laughs> yeah, so that it would like last us longer. My parents, I don't. I and don't, plus, I think she thought that it was too much sugar if uh, you didn't like dilute it. My parents were just like, they were like, ew, grape juice is expensive. We're not getting that. And if my parents did get anything good, it was if, like exclusively for them. Oh, speaking of grape juice, if you drink um, a eight ounce glass every single day, it helps you get healthy. Really? Yeah. Fun I fact. Good Fun fact. It's like good blood stuff, right? It's like uh, yeah, stuff. I think that's cranberry, I think. Is that cranberry? I think that's cranberry. I know that helps with kidney stones. That's true, yeah. Anyway. Can we just talk about grape juice now? Grape juice is delicious. No, that's for a different podcast. Probably oh, man. I've only had it like a little bit, but... Oh, gosh. I... In back fifth grade... Story. Yeah, back to the story there, fellas. In fifth grade, Todd went to an all-boys school. Saint... No. Brendan. Brendan's and started hanging out more with boys in his class. No. Oh no. And when he did see her, Todd acted weird. He ignored her in the lobby or barely mumbled a hello as if she ran into him on the street. Todd! His mother would say in front of Lizzie and her mom. What happened to your manners? Hi. He no, said. Wait, hold on, I gotta do it differently. Hi. That's Good. not sullenly. That's yeah. That's not sullenly. Oh, sullenly. Oh. Yeah. Hi. 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 Stick with one. I got. I'm trying to get the British thing down. Hi. Hi. Very good. So he said sullenly, and made a beeline for the elevator. Oh. You haven't read in a while. The next year, when Lizzie and Todd were almost twelve. His family decided to move to London. Oh, we weren't to London yet. Never mind. Nope. Lizzie was relieved. No more awkward moments in the elevator. No more Todd weirdness. But then, Todd did something really strange. It was at the Piedmont's going away party. 
Todd and Lizzie were hanging out by themselves as usual in the kitchen while the grown-ups were <laughs> mingled in the living room. They stood in the kitchen in awkward silence, eating red velvet cupcakes. Suddenly, Todd and Todd grabbed her by the shoulders and pulled her to him. Oh man, it's getting to a sexy part. <laughs> she felt his damp lips press against her mouth for an instant. What? Oh my goodness. <laughs> and when it was over, her cupcake was on the tile floor, frosting side down. Oh my gosh. Such so passion hot. from 12-year-olds. <laughs> so hot. Then her parents came in to say they were leaving, and that was the last time she ever saw him. His parting gift to her had been that quick, sloppy first kiss. <laughs> now as she watched Todd come toward her, she wondered if that kiss had been so sloppy after all. Come on, you're gonna mess him. Hudson said, giving her a slight push. Go! Lizzie took a wobbly step forward on her Louboutins. Louboutins! <laughs> the good thing that... <laughs> on her Louboutins. <laughs> Whatever the those butts. shoes are. She took a step forward on her boots. Her shoes. <laughs> I seriously feel like we're reading the Kardashians' life. Yeah. I know. Okay, whatever. Continue. I don't want to work. I have to sit in front of the uh, camera. The good God. thing. Chicken. I'm getting... You didn't give me a chicken? What's wrong with you? I specifically asked for a chicken. It was like a pig Oh, yeah. Back to the daughter's life. Disgusting. No pig no. for you. The good thing that <laughs> about looking like a Sesame Street character, she thought, was that people usually remembered you. She limped towards him and was just a few feet away when Todd yanked the iPod wires out of his ears. Where am I? Oh. Lizzie? He asked, a smile curling around the edges of his mouth. Lizzie Summers? She took a step and wobbled on a crack in the pavement. Oh. She cried, and before she knew it, tumbled right into his chest. Whoa, you're okay? He asked, catching her in his arms. With her nose pressed into his t-shirt, she got a whiff of downy, ivory soap, and boy sweat. His arms felt strong around her, as if they had finally developed real muscles. Here you go. He said, propping her back on her feet. You alright? So, um, what's up? She asked, breezily, trying to pretend that she had not just tripped and almost fallen on her face. Not much. How are you? He asked, a faint English accent tweaking his R's. He was taller than her now, and standing this close to him, she was eye-level with his lips. And feeling his abs. They were definitely on the full side. <laughs> had he had these before? I don't know where we are. Oh. Um, what are you doing here? Her right leg started to shake like it did whenever he, she was nervous. I thought you were in London. We moved back, he said, just a couple of weeks ago. You moved back? She practically yelled. Yeah, my, my dad wanted to, and then my brother got into NYU, he said, gesturing behind him towards the park. So it seemed like the right time, and we're actually back in the old building. You guys moved away, right? Lizzie had sensed a year ago. Wait. Lizzie has sensed a year ago that moving had been a terrible idea. Now she knew why. Yeah, last year. To the west side. I think the building got annoyed, you know, with all the photographers. Todd smiled. Photographers. <laughs> Sorry. Photographers. I'm sure. I'm sure I'll still, I'll still see you, though. 
Every day, probably. You will? He flicked a piece of hair out of his eyes. <laughs> I'm going to Chadwick. Lizzie blinked. For a moment, she thought she might lose her balance again. Todd Piedmont was going to go to her school? No way. He'd been gone for three years, becoming alarmingly hot, and now she was going to see to be seeing him every day, all day long? That's great, she said casually, that hoping that her pounding chest wasn't a dead giveaway. Hey, you guys, Todd said to her friends. Lizzie had been too distracted to notice that they had come to stand on either side of her. How is merry old England? Karina asked playfully. And how long are your hair? inquired Hudson. Todd back. Oh, yes, that. Lizzie announced. <laughs> And he's going to Chadwick. She looked over her shoulder <laughs> to see. Wait, okay, she's supposed to be Lizzie. Anyway, yeah, right, you she's stole my I'm sorry. I wanted to read. She looked over her shoulder to see their reaction. Karina looked flabbergasted, and Hudson was blushing. I'll be Hudson and the dude. Can I be Hudson and the dude? Yes. Okay? Yeah. Okay. You're, it's you. Actually, it's her. No. It's oh not. wait, sorry. He said. I, I saw Lizzie in your vaping. <laughs> Actually, I, I gotta go, he said to Lizzie, oblivious to her friend's reaction. I'm meeting my brother at his dorm. But um, maybe you can be my tour guide tomorrow, he asked, smiling as he stepped past her. Lizzie nodded n dumbly. Sure! Well, see ya. He waved to Karina and Hudson, stuck the wires back in his ears, and set off down the street. All three of them stared after him in silence. Holy Mother of God. Karina breathed when he was halfway down the block. He's going to our school? Hudson <laughs> sputtered. Uh, apparently. You guys are gonna fall in love. Hudson blurted. What? He asked you to be his tour guide. Hudson said Which meaningfully. obviously means lo love. Because he doesn't know anyone else. Still, there were sparks. See? Did you see the sparks? Hudson asked. I almost caught on fire, Karina said. This is fate, Hudson announced. Oh my god, stop! Lizzie groaned. It is, Hudson argued. Don't you think, say? Don't you think this is fate? Hudson was way into astrology and destiny stuff, way into it. Okay, let's break it down, Karina said, turning to face Lizzie. He was your first kiss, He's hotter than Christian Bale, oh, and that. he's going to school with you, she said, counting out her points on her slender fingers. Yep, I'd say a higher power could be involved. As Lizzie... As Lizzie watched Todd turn the corner, she wondered whether Hudson was right. Unlike her best friend, she didn't breathlessly check her horoscope every day or take a quiz after quiz on the internet to learn the name of her soulmate. But maybe this was all happening for a reason. It all seemed too weird, too, well, destined. When's his birthday? November. Hmm. Hudson said, nodding. Scorpio. That's good with Taurus. A little intense, though. You might want to be careful. You guys, nothing's, nothing has ever, ha has even <laughs> happened yet. Thanks. You're welcome. Here to help. <laughs> she reminded them. Oh, this is getting stuffy. Oh, but it will, Karina said knowingly as she slipped on a pair of silver Oakleys. It totally will. Then she 
led the way down the street. Yay. End yeah. of chapter two. Well, well, Hope you guys well. enjoyed chapter one. Peace. Love. Happiness. This Boom. Is, yes. <laughs>